0: listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn.
1: Good morning, everyone. Happy whatever day you listen to this, Wednesday. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wednesday. (laughs)
0: Just go with Wednesday. It works. It works. Uh, This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. (laughs) Woo-hoo.
1: um so Jackie um are you so excited that you get to
0: see me in like three weeks you know if I was any more excited I'd be twins I think (laughs) about it every day
1: (laughs) yeah so uh for all of those you all know we've been talking about work human on all of our socials we've been talking about it on different podcasts and we're uh, again talking about it today with uh, a new another guest and another speaker from work human um but I just want to reiterate that this is like our um
0: what would you call it? Like our Super Bowl of HR? Like what would you consider? <laughs> right. it? I was gonna say it's like our, you know, Coachella. Coachella. <laughs> it's Coachella. It's fully Coachella, like Coachella
1: for HR. It's I'm like burning expert. man, but uh no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we're not going, we're not going down the Burning Man route. Sorry. <laughs> um, although no, now Coachella, all that makes me think about is the whole scandal situation. So, you know, which we have to get into at some point, very important stuff going on in reality television right now but alas um we have an awesome speaker or a guest with us today and he's going to be speaking at the work human conference so I'm going to turn it over to Enrique Rubio Enrique welcome I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself and uh all that good stuff
2: yeah absolutely well thank you so much for inviting me to be part of your podcast and i am equally excited to be speaking at the coachella of hr in (laughs) san diego so uh, i hope to those of you who are tuning in and listening this in our future we're recording this so you're in the future for for us i hope you join us in san diego for the amazing work human life conference Uh, You know, it's going to be. I think actually it's going to be my second or third uh, in-person events since the pandemic started, and uh, it's exciting. I've been putting so many things online, so many virtual events, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I I like doing this, but I also need a little bit of people. You know, like just 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 like you know, talk to a couple of people in person every now and then works, (laughs) right? So uh, anyway, thank you for inviting me. My name is Enrique Rubio. I am the founder of a global learning community of HR people called Hacking HR. And we talk a lot about HR in the now, the future of HR, and the exciting possibilities and opportunities that we have ahead of us. So thank you both for inviting me.
1: Of course. Of course. Uh, So Enrique, before we go any further, I want... uh, So for those of you who are just listening and not watching this on YouTube, Enrique has quite the collection of photos behind (laughs) him on his Zoom background. Uh, Enrique, where are you uh, sitting currently? Where are you right now
2: in the world? I live in what I consider to be uh, the best place in the world, which is Flagstaff, Arizona. And to <laughs> me, I have lived in so many different cities and, and different places, and I found, I found the place for me. This is uh, the most incredible city that I've ever experienced in my life. So for those of you who are tuning in, watching or listening, uh, we are about an hour and a half away from the Grand Canyon. Actually, an hour and ten minutes if you go a little bit over the speed limit in the highway. Okay. And you know, an hour and ten, an hour and fifteen. We are just forty minutes north from Sedona, a couple of hours and a half north from Phoenix. Uh, but this place is just incredible. So I found uh, I, I draw a lot of um, joy and happiness from from the uh, from the outdoor, and this place is designed for that. This place is to you know to get you close to to the out we we are in the outdoor this is Flagstaff is in the largest ponderosa pine forest um uh uh, in the world so it's uh it's an incredible place yeah
0: listen I knew you you weren't in Waco when you said the most wonderful place ever of all time (laughs) but I have to tell you I lived in um Tempe and I remember being like it's so hot I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't think I can live here and they're like let's go to Flagstaff and I was like that doesn't even make sense. It's like ten minutes away or whatever, and then I was like, "Oh, yeah. like this is happening? How is this happening in the same place?" And it so is happening in the same place. It is a yeah.
2: wonderful place. Yeah, yeah. Arizona That's- is a world of contrast you know. And yes. uh, if you go down to Phoenix in the summer, you can hit 120 degrees even at 10 p.m. If you come to flax in the summer, days are 80 degrees, nights are 50 plus. So it's it's perfect, you know. If, you know, weather wise, it's not even humid, which I really despise, by the way. I don't despise a lot of things in life, but I despise humidity. And um, yeah, so I found happiness. And this is, you know, actually part of our conversation, you know, eventually, you know, about, about people who are now working remotely, and they found their uh, most beloved places. And I I fear that by removing them or forcing them to come back to an office, you're removing them from the place that gives them happiness. And when we talk about giving them happiness, we're talking about making them more um, healthy from a holistic perspective, physically, spiritually, mentally, uh, uh, and and, and, uh, uh, intellectually. We're taking, taking them away from the places that give them energy and creativity. And that's quite a danger for workplaces. So if you're listening and you work in a workplace that is bringing people back to the office or forcing them back to the office, please think about this, because a lot of them move to other cities that they are really, really enjoying. So think about this, you know, it's a it's a high cost um, that you are going to be paying and a high price that you're forcing people to pay uh, to force them back into a city where they don't want to be.
0: I love that because i do love waco texas i make fun of waco texas (laughs) you know for obvious reasons um but the thing is like i find my happy here i also Mm -hmm. know that it's not a big major city and i have to visit and travel and go to various places and it's like no, I like it because I can it's calmer here. Yeah. Um, I know the situations and I also can appreciate, even though I'm in a small town, because I work remote for a company where a lot of people are in Seattle, like it it the what's going on within my community, I can really focus because it doesn't impact my work. Like you realize there's people that may not take a stance or don't help the community they're afraid to have their opinion or their point of view known because it'll affect their business the bottom line um and i've noticed that a lot too where it's like not only am i can i do that but you're also helping those communities where people have moved to those communities and when people ask me i'm like i don't work here but i spend my money here right so let's talk about that you know that's a that's an asset of having people and being able to find their happiness i love that
2: yeah, yeah. And you know, it's uh, in a world of uh basically chaos, where you know chaos is the normal now, not not uh not peace and you know uh easygoing things. It's just a world of chaos. When you re- the more anchors you remove away from people's lives, the more unstable, the more disruptive you are on hmm. on, on, on them. And for some people those anchors are Yeah, work. Their social connections to work. For some of them, their anchors are uh, is family, and for some people, an anchor is also the place where they live, the community in which they live. And when you you know at the beginning of the pandemic, I remember a lot of people moving from New York or bigger cities, New York, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, to uh, more rural states and towns like Arizona, Nevada, uh, you know, other places. And now they have found happiness in those places. If you remove them from there, you are removing an anchor from their lives. And therefore you are impacting their mental health in ways that sometimes we can't even measure in the short term. We only see that in the long term. So I am hoping that this becomes um, a thinking point for, uh, for, 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 for business leaders who, are, uh, who think that, it's all about working from an office or it's all about bringing people back to the office. That's, 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 uh, that's the bottom line to me. You know? So I'm hoping that we, we continue to have some level of flexibility, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think that's the piece that is so critical because uh, I think for myself included, and Jackie knows this, Um, I, you know, right now in Arizona, it's like beautiful weather in the morning. So the hiking has, has been happening left and right, which is amazing. Um, we are getting to that point down in Phoenix, at least where, you know, when it's 80 degrees out, you can't really take (laughs) the dogs out and, and also the, the beautiful rattlesnakes are out to visit. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep an eye on things as you're, as you're hiking. Uh, but it has completely shifted just the, the way I'm actually getting work done. I feel Mm. like, because it is. i I get to go in the mornings kind of stretch your brain in that way um and as you said just some of the most beautiful things that you're seeing we've had a ton of rain here i think so many folks have where we're seeing these desert wildflowers and all of these other creatures that we just don't normally see because it is actually green out and which is awesome um but i think yeah having that in mind as a leader you know what do you want to do and how do you want to impact your folks in a positive way this is such a key piece to it um Enrique what are you talking about at work human
0: I'm
2: gonna talk about innovation I'll be talking about innovation with some other HR uh, leaders and it's um it's exciting it's an exciting topic because well you know I've been talking about this for uh, for quite a while now with Hacking HR and um you know there's there's a point when you talk so much about something and you don't necessarily see it happening That you are like, well, am I on the right track here, uh, or do I give up because these things are not happening? When the pandemic started, with all the 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 horrors of the pandemic and all the tragedy, with you know uh, lost lives and families impacted, and you know the financial um, impact of the pandemic, I try to see some of the gifts, right? Some of what we call silver lining, right? And 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 part of that is that we gave ourselves permission in the workplace and in HR to think, to be more open-minded, to ditch some of the paradigms and uh, the orthodox about the way we were doing things. And we gave ourselves a little bit more permission to say, you know what, I don't have the answers, but what if we do this? What might happen if we do that? Uh, How about if we stayed open to these ideas? And that, to me, was very, very positive. And um, I fear, though, that we may be, we are, being pulled back by the quote-unquote normal, the pre-pandemic normal, which was not normal. It was actually very abnormal, and it wasn't working for everybody. I fear that we're being pulled back to that, but that's why we continue in hacking HR and work human life and work human in general as an organization. But also, a lot of people like like both of you talking about doing things better and differently in in HR, and and that to me is exciting, and it's an exciting topic to be talking about innovation uh, in HR. So that's the long answer to say, I am talking about innovation. In talk. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think awesome. it's so important when you think about, especially what you were saying about the silver lining, um, we can't go back to a place where we are ignoring um, people yeah. within human resources. Like We have to be able to recognize the whole person. And I think we saw a lot of that through the pandemic, because you just didn't know what was going on personally, how it affected people's lifestyles you know having to you you got to meet and see things that you never wanted to right you found out somebody has a cat you didn't know they had a cat they have two cats and they have three kids and their husband is you know right in the other room and you all these things that you usually and it's like look i'm a whole person and i have to i'm willing to make this work if you can meet me in that way and i think I, I think that we're still learning to adjust through that pandemic. And then with yeah. all the financials that have been going on within the US, especially we're figuring out how, what, what are we doing? Like We have to sync all those things together in an innovative way. And I don't think we've figured out all of the impacts that we've had since 2020 and what that means to the overall organization, because we're still in the middle of chaos. We've never yeah. taken a breath. And so it's going to take some innovation of people who are being able to push through that. I'd love to hear what kind of things have you been seeing um, that are other things that you think are innovative in that way, things that people should consider without giving your whole thing away.
2: Because, yeah, you know. no, absolutely. Well, you know, I think the, um, perhaps it's not really innovation. It's more some level of awareness. I think the fact that now we're talking about things that we didn't give permission ourselves to talk about before the pandemic, that to me in itself, you know, even if we're not yet taking action, which we are, but even if we're not taking action at the level and the magnitude and in the scope that we want, just talking about those things to me, it's important. For example, it happened that uh, in March of 20, or in, at the beginning of 2020, the pandemic overlapped with the uh, murder of George Floyd. And then all the conversations about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, which were important before the pandemic, and we talked a little bit about them before the pandemic, suddenly became really, really, really important. And we need to do more. I feel we're being pulled back by the old ways of just, you know, being it, it being a, a check box, you know, to be checked at work. And I'm hoping that we don't lose the traction that we gain out of that horrendous experience with the murder of George Floyd but the fact that we're talking more now about diversity equity inclusion belonging that to me is part of the part of the success of the the adversity if you will that we've gone through over the past 3 years The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. And now, when I say we need to do more, we also need to celebrate what we've done. Because just talking about it it's it's in itself a success it's small i know we need to do more but we just by recognizing hey you know more people are talking about this than pre uh, pre, I think it happened in May when uh, George Floyd was murdered, and you know, pre-May of uh, 2020, just by talking about this, you know, we are—that's that's progress. Just by talking about it, but then you also add other other things to that. Uh, for example, the fact, which is to me the the one thing that is the closest to my heart uh, about uh, all things mental health, and and I, I you know, research shows it, uh, data shows it, and and we know that there is a pandemic on mental health, and we are not even seeing yet the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the to what's really going on with mental health at work, and the implications for that in the short and the long term. But now we are talking more about this, right? And we are recognizing that work is certainly breaking people, even though we knew this before the pandemic, is now that we say, all right, well, I'm uh, finally, um, giving it the proper value, so to speak, right? So, to me, uh, all things diversity, equity, uh, inclusion, belonging, culture, all things well being, mental health are part of that innovation process that HR is going through and the workplace is going through. Yes, we still have to do a lot of work to be truly innovative about this these uh, areas, but the fact that we are talking and doing something about them, that to me is progress. And, you know, I. Sometimes I'm like, well, you know, we, we need to do more. We need to do more and faster, but I I can't just let go the fact of the fact that, that talking about these things matter, you know, and um, and the the acknowledgement by people who were not, uh, who were neither aware nor did they care before about these things. Just the fact that they are acknowledging how important they are, that to me is is a reason to celebrate.
0: Could you imagine if we like? Celebrated people and allowed them to like heal and grow within organizations, and they're not passing like workforce trauma onto their children. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine yeah. a world like that? Like, you know, seeing where having examples and and not seeing people who are doing that like grind all the time and they're upset and they hate my job and whatever, uh mm-hmm. you know, and I never get to spend time with my
2: kids and whatever. Could you imagine? Yeah. But 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 think, 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 no. think, think about think about this, Jackie. Um, think about everything that defines what work is today. Let's think about it at pre-pandemic, right? Perhaps not so much now, but you know, let's go back to 2019 or the beginning of 2020. Let's define everything that made work work: commuting to an office, which is already an awful experience for most people. Uh, number two, sitting. On a, on 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 your chair in your in your office all freaking day, which is one of the most destructive powers of work. Having people sitting a, all day every day, going to meetings totally unproductive, spending more, most of your time on meetings where that could have been an email, like the you know the says going the 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 says, uh, the, the, the um the expression says, but at the same time we recognize that those meetings were not really as productive as they could have been. So that's that's other thing. Then asking people to fake it till they made it, right? Uh, meaning, don't bring your whole self to work. We don't want your problems. We don't want your gaps. We don't want your weaknesses. We don't want the things that you don't know about. We want you to bring me solutions. The old saying of, you know, the old what I call all uh, system thinkers, right? The people who are like, "Don't bring me solu- don't be- bring me problems, bring me solutions." So, and I can go on and on with this list of things that defined work pre-pandemic. All of those things are destructive of the humans that come to work. They are harming to the humans that come to work. And I am thinking what the heck did we do? I mean, how, how the heck did we get to this space where everything that defines work makes us, um, destroys us, breaks us as, as human beings? And that, on the one hand, gives me a little bit of anxiety because I'm, I'm thinking, well, people are being you know broken with work. But at the same time, it gives me optimism that the world of possibilities is very large out there to improve and to improve in literally every area, because every area, I think, And i believe was broken it at work before the pandemic not that it's fixed now but at least we became more aware so yes to your to your comment jackie yeah what if we allow people to you know address more of their mental emotional health at work what if we allow them to unleash their talents and their potential at work what if we told them you are safe here you know come come with your gaps man you know what we're gonna work it out together you know because those gaps are an opportunity for you for to grow but an opportunity for us to acknowledge what we are missing you know what we should be doing better instead of telling them oh Jackie don't don't bring that you know that gap to work because you know that's not what we hired you for we hired you because we thought you had the answers you don't have the answers let's move on to the next person and, and that is so damaging so i am as, as, as aspiring and envisioning this hopefully you know uh, becoming uh, fixing some of these issues and, and turning work to to what I think it is um, which in my view work should be a, a, an outlet for the creative expression for the potential of the person right and that can be done in tandem with achieving productivity performance and financial goals for this organization I never I have never thought that the two are in contradiction with each other never. if you allowed somebody, if you helped somebody, realize their talents and their potentials and their creativity at work believe me you are going to be creating the conditions for that person to deliver higher productivity high performance and therefore being better for the health of the organization but just that thinking takes i'm fired
0: up i gotta get off the call i gotta
1: go back to work (laughs) no you need to go to his (laughs) session at work human and learn absolutely. absolutely okay i'll learn
0: i'll learn all the things i'll do that first and then i'll go
1: well, I like I think this also just goes to the the community that you've developed within hacking HR, because I, I think that's the other piece, you know, for those of you who have not listened to or joined any of the hacking HR um, activities, I highly, highly encourage you to go and the speakers that you have been able to curate are phenomenal. Oh, and they're you. experts in their fields. And, and I'm not just saying that because I'm one of them. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> awesome, but alas, that's not why I said that. But um, like, I just think it's such good folks that you've brought in that are thinking about these things in a different way and are kind of turning the whole concept, that very antiquated concept of HR on its head to yeah. say, what can we do? How can we do it better? What can we do differently? to really bring out the best in folks that they are able to do the best work of their lives, whether that's working on some Excel spreadsheets in finance or going out and coming up with a marketing plan, whatever it is that they, that is their thing, being able to develop that and grow that. And, and I love the whole idea of tell us your gaps and and let's work on those. And also let's, you know, develop those. Cause I think for so many people, it is no I don't want to tell anyone I don't know how to do this thing or that thing because that's scary um and you know being able to really kind of dig into that and and learn that's part of the human experience as well and that's also how you retain folks is by teaching them and giving them development opportunities so I love that so um who are you are you doing like a workshop or is it just a panel what are you actually doing
2: we're doing a panel Okay. and there are three other four other panelists in the panel okay uh, people can look them up on on the uh, on the website for uh work human life but yeah all of these, all of the folks in the panel are also forward-thinking mm-hmm. HR leaders who um I think on the one hand they don't have the answers to everything which is pretty uh, I think it's very positive to say I don't have the answers for everything we're figuring it out together mm-hmm. uh, but they are Inspired by the possibilities of HR, and I, and I, by the way, I, I what, what I, when I say this, I say it very intentionally, because what I mean by that is that w- when you look at the the landscape of HR knowledge and skills, you find a lot of uh, you know quote unquote experts gurus talking about, this is the framework for HR of the future. These are the skills for HR of the future. This is the operational model for HR of the future. And all I think about is like, all right, but we're missing the most important point is, are we inspired to make change happen in our organizations? Are we we inspired from HR to create better workplaces? Not just you, quote unquote, expert writing about this, but are we all in HR inspired? And that to me is the missing piece in HR, I f- I feel that we put so much effort in the technicality of the work that we do that we are missing on what makes the most amount of change, which is us believing that we are uh, that we c- that we are leaders capable of transforming our workplaces for the best, and then we figure it out how we're gonna do it, right? But w- if if you if you have the the tools but you don't know how to use them or you're not inspired to use them. They mean nothing. That's at the end of the day what happens. Those tools mean nothing, but if you're inspired and you say, you know what, I think that with the work that we do in HR, we can truly create better workplaces. We can truly create a better, better society, a better world. And now I, now that I believe that, I am going to get on uh, on the uh, on the on the bandwagon to f- learn how to make it happen that that to me is the sequence. And what we are going to be talking about, I am hoping there is a little bit in, in that sequence, meaning the inspiration for HR to be the, the innovator or the facilitator of innovation in the organization. And then we go to the questions of how we do it. And when we don't know how to do it, what we, what we would tell people is, you just have to figure it out. Talk to your people, listen to them, ask questions and figure it out. You don't have to have all the answers from the beginning. Now, you have to be inspired, though, to make this happen. And that to me is sort of the foundation of that panel that we're gonna have, but also the foundation of what I actually do with the community of hacking HR, which is let's inspire HR people. Let's just give them some nuggets, some, some insights to inspire them. They will they they like all of us, we are figuring it out. But it's about that inspiration to begin with. That to me is the beginning of the journey. And that's what I'm not seeing much in HR, by the way. And it's me is concerning because I see all these models popping up every day. Oh, you know, McKinsey, these are the skills for HR, you know, Deloitte, these are the frameworks for HR, you know, Ulrich or, or, you know, Bersin, all the other, I'm like, Yeah, all right, you know, good for you guys, you know, they keep doing all this work, but that's not gonna make a difference. And it didn't make a difference, by the way, you know, HR changed by, the, by the, the sheer force of the circumstances and not because of those operational models. you know, we changed a lot in the past three years alone, not because of all, of all those models. We changed because the pandemic forced us to change. The pandemic inspired us to say we can do better and we are going to do better. I'm going to figure it out, right? I'm going to figure out how to do it. And that to me is the right sequence. Operational models come after that inspiration that you need to embrace.
1: Awesome. Um when you think about going to work human, who do you want to see? Who are you excited uh that's on the agenda, that's on the lineup?
2: I think everybody. You know, I think I'm I am um <laughs>
1: No, you have to say one or two folks, Enrique, don't be general. I want a name. I want a name from you.
2: Yeah, well Esther Perel, you know, she's going to be there oh, and yeah. um this is what this is why she excites me and everybody, but especially those who are not in HR. Um, They excite me because they will help me think outside of my little cocoon of HR, and what I will do after I learn from them is when I hear from Esther, I'm going to say, all right, she shared all of this information, and there are a couple of insights in there that I know can have an effect in HR and, and at work. That's why she's invited, but she's not in HR, right? So when I hear those two insights. What I'm going to try to do the day after or days, days days, or weeks after is connect what she said with what I do and try to create more value. Than if I hadn't heard or listened or learned from her, so I am excited about everybody, especially those uh, panelists. I don't have all the names, of course, in my mind, but especially all the panelists and all the speakers who are not in HR. Nothing against HR, by the way, but this is the world in which I am, and I'm, every day I'm learning something about HR. But I like to be stretched out of my cocoon and, uh, and my, my my portfolio, right, of of knowledge and and activities and ideas. And the likes of Esther Perel, they are the ones that. For the most part, in me, they create that level of whoa. You know, look at that thing outside of my world that I can connect with my world and create something more beautiful than if I hadn't done or learned that one thing before.
1: Yeah, I I love that, and I think Esther Perel—that's she's always a a favorite of mine. I've seen her speak a few times now. Yeah, she's done the the Culture Amp uh, conference as well, and I I feel like she was at Work Human in the last year or two, but I can't remember when um so is this your first time going to work human
2: it is my first time going to work human yeah i um
1: nice
2: <laughs> yeah I, I mean i i know about the the event and uh you know i i know a lot of the uh the the folks that that uh, always speak at the not always but you know that they are generally invited to speak at the event mm-hmm. um but i am um, I, I it's my first time you know going there yeah awesome
1: yeah. uh you'll love it like we we talk about how like the some of the cool things that they do and just some of the stuff that Jackie and I appreciate, and we've talked about this with some of the other folks that we've talked to about the conference is they have like local artists come in and and share their art share. Like, so last year they did a, a whole mural that a local artist in Nashville was able, not Nashville, mm-mm. where were <laughs> we? Atlanta. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I'm like. Wait a minute. It wasn't Nashville. That yeah, was, it
0: was Atlanta.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta. Um, and then also some local artists that had like T-shirts and other things. So like, they, it's just a whole experience. Yeah. And it's such a good. Um, I won't say like love fest because that's like <laughs> weird. But like, it is like totally a an a thank you to HR folks, and it is to your point bringing in people that. Have nothing to do with HR that just yeah. come with great ideas, innovative ideas that are like, "Hey, have you all thought about this?" When you're talking about people, it's the people pieces that I think sometimes we forget about. And yeah. that day to day grind, as you mentioned, about you know heads down going to meeting from meeting to meeting. How are you actually bringing some of that stuff yeah. into play?
2: And and they have um, they are bringing. I can't remember his name. The uh, the CEO of Pixar, mm-hmm. and I, I just can't remember his name right now. And um, it's uh, talking. Uh, again talking about people who are outside of hr and particularly the panel that I'm going to be speaking at the uh, innovation panel we're talking about one of the most creative and innovative companies in the world with all you know with all the things that you know that can be better blah 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 but this 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 company truly cares for creativity for innovation and it's exciting to hear somebody tell us about how they go through that process, and I am hoping that he, which I, you know, his name, I think is Ed, or uh, yeah, Ed you know
0: Catmull, Dr. Ed, yeah, Ed Catmull, Doctor yeah, Ed
2: Catmull. I'm hoping that he 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 talks about how you do that, especially if you have to do it in an environment of a lot of constraints. Meaning, how you how you remain creative, uh, innovative. How do you take risks? How do you uh, experiment with new ideas? How do you manage failure when you are in, uh, in, a, in an environment of economic uncertainty when you are in an environment of highly politicized literally everything and um, polarization how do you put across you know a message where you know if you have the freaking little mermaid you know in black you know it's a it's a problem you know and and how, how do you do those, those kinds of things right and that to me that message will i'm hoping resonate a lot with the char because we have to maneuver uh, you know the, the 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 ins and outs of that kind of environment. So I'm I'm super excited about that session as well. And thank you for uh, letting me know that his name was Ed. Yeah, I. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I, I think you're right, and I'm really excited about that too. Because you know there are some ways, and when you think about it, like when Pixar came on the scene, it was completely different than yeah. anything you've ever seen. And even though you, everyone thought they knew what animation looked like. um and we can tell what's good or what's bad right even though we have no idea how it it, you know how it how it works um but it was completely different than anything anybody's ever seen and continued on that on that path and so you have to imagine there's a lot of people saying no right because it's not in the book of how you're supposed to do it and I think that's kind of what you're speaking to within HR Is that we still look at, if you go, if you have your, you know, certifications and you have all of those little pieces, when you're doing your research and you're studying human resources, you're still going back to like learning from the 1970s or before. And that's why we base, that's why we do this thing, because we we decided to start doing that in 1982. And we've been doing it that way forever and how are you supposed to do it if you don't say like you do it in 1982 you can't get your certification Uh, so you must know nothing about human resources
2: don't give me started on certifications by the way so (laughs) i i don't think you want to go down that, that rabbit hole but um yeah you know i think there's um when i started my career i'm an electronic engineer so i started as an engineer and then i moved to hr and there's something that not all engineers have, but I think it's part of like like a core foundation of our of this profession, the profession of engineering, which is there's there's sort of a drive uh to learn and to be updated with new things. And when I moved to HR, it was really shocking for me not to find that drive, right? Mm-hmm. To be content and to conform with learning from something that had been in place since 1970. And one of those things was when I first read the books from Sherm, which by the way, I read the first one and I said, I'm not going to use the word actually, <laughs> um, um, but I said, forget about this, man. I'm not spending any second of my life in this thing because what I'm reading is number one, something that I can Google in seconds. So I don't need a test uh, that costs $500 to do this. And number two, what I was reading about was things that we talked about you know, in the seventies and the eighties. And to me, the analogy was in engineering, if I was still using the concepts and the technology of the 1970s, I wouldn't be working on a computer, I would be working on a typewriter right gotcha. now. And that was really shocking to me. So th- so I found there's, there's a lack of... I'm not saying that this is general for everybody in HR, but I found that to be very common, that lack of drive to learn new things. But the flip side of that was that the organizations that had been um, tasked or... Or that we trusted, quote unquote, trusted to foster the innovation and the creativity and the drive in a chart to learn things that were different, more creative and innovative. They were doing the same, like the right. of the world. They were doing the same things in the same ways that everybody, you know, was doing it in the 1970s or 1980s. And I'm like, I'm not even going to look into these organizations because they are not what I what I think we should be doing. And that was shocking. And that's you know actually when I created Hacking HR at the end of 2017, even the, the name, some people was were asking me uh, why Hacking HR, right? Because they have never heard such a thing, you know, in connection with with with, with HR. And there's another community, you know, the disrupt HR community, which I remember people, you know, we we started like a you know a few years difference. Uh, they they are like 2014 or 15. I don't remember. Uh, but even when they started, I remember people telling them, like disrupt HR, you know what's what's that about? you know why why disrupt what what needs to be disrupted in HR if what we're doing is right. So uh, once again, I go back to this idea of inspiration. It all leads me back to inspiration. You can read these certification books, which are, by the way, uh, the same old stuff that you would have read years, decades ago. And that's not going to make you a better HR professional. That's to me the bottom line. Somebody asked me recently whom I met um, in person, by the way, here in Flaxa, which is kind of rare because it's a very small town. Um, but I met with this person and she said to me, well, I have limited amount of money and limited amount of time to invest in a certification. Should I take the SHRM certification? And I said, no. You go and take an agility certification. You go and take a design thinking certification. You go and take a digital transformation certification. You go and spend the money in a course about chat GPT. You go about to learn about things that it's not that they are newer, it's that they are stretching you out of your comfort zone uh, of HR, and they will make you better in HR. Even if those are not the things that you end up doing, they will make you better as an HR professional. Reading a book about the things that you already know, nah, that's not going to move the needle forward. So I said that I wasn't going to say anything about this, and I ended up saying something about this, uh, <laughs> but I just can't miss the opportunity you know, to encourage people to say, to ditch the, to ditch the, the um, not to ditch the old, because I believe in in um you know like like um like tribes, like ancient tribes, you know, they Mm -hmm. you know the people who would go out to uh hunt or or to fish or to collect the you know the, the vegetables they were the most able, you know, stronger people in the community, but they would always sit at night listening to the elders about the stories and how they did things. That's a little bit about what we should be doing here, right? Listen, listen to the elder concepts, right? Meaning, yeah, check out those books and listen and, and, and learn about how we did things in the past so that we don't repeat the same mistakes, but you got to embrace the new. You have to embrace the new.
1: Absolutely. And I think in, in this time of constant change, like your example is great that like yeah if you're not that the godfathers of you know the Dave Ulrichs and the you know Josh Bernstein all of those folks like they they have great stuff that they're doing and they have done for this community but if you're only focused on that you're totally stepping back into that more administrative and less strategic less innovative space and Mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate and I, I think there is just so much. I, I myself am a, a, a PHR certified person, but it, it was very similar to you know what you're saying. It was, okay, I need that piece of paper because the job required that I did. But I, I remember, and I'm sure anyone that's taken the test recently remembers, it's the, what's the best answer of the four answers? And that's yeah. the other part that always made me just bananas. It's like, they're literally telling you they're trying to trick you during yeah. the test and so it's you know how do you actually get a get this stuff memorized like memorizing yeah. the states and the capitals and are you really going to retain that stuff later on probably not and is it yeah. stuff you want to or need to retain probably not
2: so uh okay and, 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 and there's a thing in there which okay, is go. memorizing the best out of four answers for something that never happens like that in real life
1: <laughs> right you know right. and
2: and I, you know, I, 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 tell people, you know, just tell me when has any of that become reality for you in your workplace? Because humans are complex. The, you know, we are difficult people. So never will you come across somebody coming to your office and saying, "I have this problem," and these are the four answers. Please select the answer that you know applies the most here. And that's what I'm gonna do. That's that never happens that way. And you know what? What ends up happening with the elders and you know the the, the grandfathers and the uh, you know and blah blah blah. Is that they have never stepped in HR ever in their lives. They have never spent a day in the in the life of an HR person. And that to me is a big problem because we are being led by, by folks that all they do is they ask questions in surveys. They put those questions and collect those questions in beautiful reports that you know they look very nice and they 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 have these platitudes and these new concepts. But then, when we think about them vis-a-vis what really happens in the workplace, you're like, wait a second here, There's a gigantic gap between saying you have to be more strategic to really be more strategic. You know, like yes, I, I love being more strategic, but then you go to a workplace where you have only one extra person for a you know one thousand person company, and these poor people are you know burned out just by the transaction. So we're even asking them to be more strategic on top of something that doesn't even allow them for anything else. So. Um, if, if if for anybody listening to this out there i'm not i'm not against uh, i'm not creating a ca- a case against the elders here or the grandfathers or the shrm certification but what i'm saying is you know make sure that you're spending your time where your limited amount of time your limited amount of money on what truly uh, makes you stand out as a nature professional who is thinking about transforming organizations and that to me is not a shrm certification by the way so you 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 take this with a grain of salt of course but uh um you know you see what makes sense for you at the end of the day yeah
1: no and i i think that's the other reason why work human is as good as it is because it isn't the oh here's a a case study that so and so did it's here's real life what it's truly like to be an hr team of one or what it's really like when you are in that day-to-day grind how do you start to innovate to drive the right things or to try to you know limit that transactional piece so you can step into the role of really being that advisor to the leadership team have a seat at the table whatever you want you know however you want to describe that which I think is so critical but Enrique thank you we will see you uh it's like it's three weeks right It is. I think it's uh, something
2: like two weeks from now yeah we are already in April
1: (laughs) yes so we will see you in 2 weeks and again for those folks who are attending Work Human we highly encourage you to to join Enrique's panel it will be amazing. I'm excited to hear what everyone has to say. Um thank you for taking the time to to hang thank out you. with us for a little bit.
2: Thank you both for inviting me. This was an exciting conversation. Thank you and I hope to see everybody at Work Human Live. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. All right. Uh this is Katie Van Horn and this is Jackie Clayton. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye everybody.